Welcome to Kick Your Butts, a show where excuses, limits, and boundaries go to die. Where moving through everything that's holding you back is the key to stepping onto your infinite path and achieving the success you deserve in life, business, and relationships. It's time to take those butts and kick them into oblivion. Now, here's your host, Susan Desenzi. Welcome back to another episode of Kick Your Butts, where we come together to obliterate your butts, your boundaries, your excuses, and your limitations that hold you back from stepping into who you are meant to be and your infinite potential and possibilities. I am so excited to be here again this week with another amazing individual who has had many experiences that have led her down various paths. And before I introduce her, I want to address the elephant in the room as each week has passed and you guys have been faithfully listening in, we're still dealing with COVID-19. And so I, I really, in bringing my guests on, I always want to share who they are and their expertise and their stories and how they've overcome the obstacles and stepped out of the limitations that they felt that they were blocked by. And at the same time, we still have to address what's kind of happening currently in the world. And so today's episode with my very special guest is going to address a bit of that. And we're going to dive into obviously her story and what helped her to overcome the challenges that she had in her life, as well as how you can continue to to move through the limitations that you feel are around you right now. So I am honored to have Marion McSpadden in the house today. And she and her husband own a multi-million dollar business. And that's important because she was born in a very secluded culture of a horse-drawn buggy culture, a religious organization. When she was 34 years old, she escaped that cult. And we'll talk a little bit more about that word cult throughout the episode. But she ended up getting her GED and graduated with a bachelor's degree. And now she helps people get through the disappointments that you never expect to happen. Just like now with what's going on, we, we didn't expect this. So how do we deal with this? And this is one of Marion's pieces of expertise. Now, you never expect to be trapped in any kind of a relationship or, you know, a particular culture or business or a financial situation like many are in right now, or a job, which many aren't in right now, any kind of emotion or religion, grief or the health crises we're all kind of facing or afraid that we're facing, or just kind of an everyday situation. So whether it's afflicted upon you or you make the choice yourself, the pain, and this is the important piece feels the same. The ability to go to bed happy and wake up energized is not free. That's an interesting statement, and we'll talk about that. However, those willing to pay the cost will say, I am glad I did, and they won't be saying, I wish I had. So I welcome you into the house, Marion McSpadden. I'm so honored and glad that you're here today. How are you? Hi, Susan. I'm well. Thank you. Excellent. So glad that you're here. So I would love to dive a little bit into kind of your background and your story about kind of being raised in, as you called it, a religious cult. And what does that really mean? Well, I only knew life as I knew it. Everything that I learned, I was 
I just picked up from my parents, things that I heard, things that I believed. And that's what I knew. And I think all of our listeners are the same way. They grew up learning what they knew from their parents and with their teachers and their peers. By the time you're 20, 25 years old, you have a mindset. You have a worldview that's Mm -hmm. already established pretty firmly because it's what we know. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and so, you know, are you willing to kind of share a little bit about how you were raised and in what kind of culture and what led you to kind of break free from that at some point? I do, Susan. And I, I love to talk about the beauty of what I came from, too, because in the culture that I grew up, there was many beautiful things about it. I was number six of eight children. We grew, I grew up on a 400 acre dairy farm. And so, you know, the wide open fields, the ponds, the pastures, the frogs, the barn climbing, running on the roofs when mom and dad didn't know we were with brothers and sisters, gathering at the family table, passing around big bowls of food that mom had to cook every day. And my mom worked very hard. I really honor my mom. She was the type of person that no matter what happened in life, she would always just go to work. Oh, It didn't matter if it was hot and no air conditioning, she'd just go to work. It didn't matter if it was cold, 30 below zero, she'd put on her clothes and go do the chores that were what she wanted to do every day. And it didn't matter what was going on with the family, she just went to work. That's what she did. What a beautiful role model. And I think that's really important you know, you hit on something really special that it's important in the times, you know, we can look back on things in our life and see the negativity and see the mm, the pain and, and the challenges. And at the same time, we also have to look at the beauty and see the gifts and see the things that were positive and were role modeling for us in order to understand how to balance the positivity that we saw and experienced and the negative things or the things we perceived as challenges. Would you agree? I would agree. The things that became very confining and limiting, and it is, I think, for many people in the culture, but somehow they can make it work. And I was not so dissatisfied having a horse for my friend rather than a car. I mean, who wouldn't want a horse rather than a car? Right? I mean, we all would. (laughs) (laughs) You know her by name, she knows you and your friends, actually. And I didn't fight the culture. That was not the hard part for me. What became hard for me was, again, what many of the listeners and those who are not listening to a positive podcast like your listeners are. Your listeners are hungry, wanting to get better in life, wanting to learn more. There's many people out there that don't even listen to positive podcasts. They just, again, hear whatever is out there. So if we look at our world at large, a lot of people are just like I was, we become emotionally bound. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened for me. I lost my voice at a very young age and grew up not knowing why I felt so much shame, why Mm. I felt so trapped on the inside. And so as I progressed and tried to live my life, I was pretty strong-willed and was able to overcome a lot of things, became a school teacher in the environment, rode my bicycle one mile to school, just like I did when as a school kid, and came to a one-room schoolhouse with no indoor plumbing or electricity. 
So in the wintertime, we'd have to light the fire and the stove. And if it was dark, we saw through the dark. <laughs> yeah, I remember wow. the cool, cloudy days when it was so dark in the room, you could hardly see to write. Wow. But for the most part, that was beautiful too. And it's not so bad to take a trip to an outhouse in cold weather, if that's what you know. You know, you just do. You just do life. Hey, we do it all the time when we go camping, right? When people, if people are outdoorsy and they like to go camping in any yeah. form or fashion and they don't have like a travel trailer that has, you know, a bathroom in it and a stove and a refrigerator. We grew up, actually, I grew up in my family where my parents were very avid outdoors people. And I can't tell you how many times my father being a scoutmaster and my mother being a den mother and me being the youngest of three with two older brothers, so I was the only girl, they would, you know, dig a hole in the ground and that would be where we would go. And so this, this wasn't just like the weekend thing that we got to go do something fun. It was kind of our normal weekend activities. We literally camped every weekend. And so I can imagine that if that's what you grow up with, just like any one of us in our childhoods, we will become so used to and familiar with whatever that is that to us, it's absolutely very normal. So where was the point that you realized that you were becoming kind of dissatisfied and really recognizing you lost your voice and starting to feel like it was time to kind of move away from all that you'd known and break free from it in, in that particular way? It took a lot, Susan. It wasn't like an easy decision, but sure. the trap of my emotional own trappings, I'm going to take responsibility on myself and say, I was the one that reacted to whatever it was that happened in my life. And I took on the roles of closing myself down, shoving everything down, and not trusting very many people either, you know, to, to open up and share. I yeah. didn't know how to do that. And I didn't even trust many people to do that. So how do you find your avenue to turn that loose yeah. <laughs> when you don't know where to turn it loose to? And you may have tried once or twice and it didn't go well. So you withdraw again and you just keep everything trapped inside. But how did you know that? Like, if, if that was everything you grew up with, how did you even know, though, that you were beginning to feel emotionally trapped? Like, what was something that would go through your mind or, you know, some thoughts you'd have or an experience you had where all of a sudden there was this kind of aha realization one moment of one day, even if it was fleeting, that said, something's not right about this? It was a drowning experience. Ooh. It was like you're going under. You're in the water and you're going down. You kind of know you're going down and you kind of know that if something doesn't change, it's going to end. Wow. Not that I felt like I wanted to end my own life, but I felt physically what I was feeling, my body would no longer be able to manage. Wow. So through some things that happened that were good, started giving me a feeling I got to experience a minute or a short time where I wasn't feeling that extreme oppression. And okay. that's what it had become for me, Extre extreme depression, oppression. And so I had a trip to Alaska with some friends that just gave me, it was just like, I, I felt like I got levitated and went to heaven or something. It was like the, the burden and the weight had been lifted off. And when I came back from there, you can guess it. 
the pain was even more intense. Oh, God, yes. Well, where did you go in Alaska? I lived there for a short while when I was 19, adventurous and, you know, going to go be with my ex-fiance who had moved from Illinois to go do his master's. And I was like, I love him. I have to be with him. And so I moved 4,000 miles away from everything I'd ever known and loved to you know, we would marry and, and homestead property. And I was in Fairbanks and it, it, it is like heaven. I mean, it's just the, the beauty of, of the state is I haven't been to a lot of places around the world, but I have to tell you so far in my experience, it's one of the most beautiful places on the North American continent that I have ever seen. So where were you? Where were you at? Well, we were to Valdez, we went to Homer, we went to Anchorage, of course, and from there to Fairbanks, and we drove up to the Arctic Circle and celebrated, I think it was uh, the longest day, and when we left there, this weird thing, we had a conversion van, and we traveled all the way from the lower United States to there through the beautiful Canadian Rockies as well, and we dropped a wheel, and there's... Our front wheel rolled off across the road and went down an embankment. Oh, no. Yeah, we had a couple guys with us. So they knew how to put a wheel back on. But something had stripped out that it was limping. So we limped along and eventually it just quit. It wouldn't go. So we were stuck out there on June 20th. Beautiful night as it was getting dark. The the beautiful night sun sky just was like this. It was so amazing, actually. But talk about having to overcome something. So finally, somebody comes, they go back and let somebody know to bring a wrecker. And eventually, we get back to the lower place. And then they send a taxi out from Fairbanks. And we get back to Fairbanks to our hotel. But it was like an you know, instead of being home, like we thought, or back to Fairbanks, like we thought we would, it turned out to be quite an ordeal. But we were safe. Yeah, that well, thank God for that. And and I can only imagine, you know, having those experiences very different, right? You know, and, yes. and the beauty of Alaska. And then like you said, going home, recognizing the pain is so much stronger. Is that the point where you think you started to to feel and even think about the fact that you felt limited? No, I did not. No. I didn't. I didn't. Okay. I didn't know I could ever be anything else. And I wasn't looking to say, get out. Yeah. I thought I would die in this, an old lady, of course, I wasn't looking to die young, but I figured I would be this, I believed I would be all my life. But what was amazing to me there in my desperation, in my desperation of feeling like I was drowning and that weight being now just even intensified, more alive. I think the pain was there all along, but this pain kind of became alive now. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I get that. I get that. Yeah. Like tears. I would just, it was like a dam of tears broke loose and I was releasing tears and I cry my pillow at night. I, I walk in the daytime by myself on the country roads and just literally sob my heart out in an intensity I didn't know was possible. Um, I also taken on midwifery and I helped the women birth babies in the community as well, which was quite an honor to be with those brave women. But I saw intense pressure from those, um, you know, natural childbirths like that. And that's what it partly felt like. There was a, a degree of it that felt like that intense pressure. And 
through that, I didn't know who else to turn to anymore. I turned to God. Even though I was in the religion, I thought God was this far away, kind of angry God. If you do something that doesn't please him, then you'll go to hell. Sure. And sure. it was always taught that if you would do anything different from what you were taught, than what my parents taught me or the church taught, then you would go to hell. And I didn't want to go to hell. So I started crying out for help, not knowing where. And in that, God started putting people in my life. I know it was that deep seeking that started lining things up. Mm -hmm. And somebody came into my life that gave me just a little bit of a nugget of hope of some kind. Somebody else came in and maybe planted a bigger. There was one particular person that saw my pain. Somebody hadn't seen for 10 years, came back into my life. They saw, they were able to see my pain. And they took quite a bit of effort to plant something into my life. And they knew they couldn't tell me that I needed to get out, but they planned it. And I call it was a seed of love that got planted in my heart. Mm. Now it was just a seed. Mm -hmm. And when that seed started growing, it even produced more pain, it felt like. But it brought me to a place where they had recommended a program that was a self-development program. It was very intensive where they had lots of exercises to have you talk about what's, you know, who you are, what's going on, just talk. And yeah. they had many exercises to make you talk and exercises to teach you how to do life better in your communication and when that filter came off and that seeking, it was like, it was like a volcano that went off in my life or it wow. was like something just completely went off. And through that breaking, that breaking, eruption, erupting, God's presence came so near to me in a way that I didn't know was possible and totally transformed me with a new mindset, a new set of glasses. And all of a sudden, things that I thought were dead were alive. And it, it, it was still a lot of pain. I had to like work my way out of that uh, depression and that oppression. But it was like the pain started becoming like dissipating and then sure. it come back. Then it would dissipate. Then it come back. But I fought my way out of that. And in that I knew I was going to be leaving the culture that I knew was a divine message from God. I know that I know that it was a, a revelation or something that he gave me eyes to see. And at the same time, when I was opening up and talking, I didn't have a filter anymore. So I, it also surfaced in conversation that I just shared with another woman. And I said, you know, I've never told an adult this. And when I told her the story, she says, oh, I was raped when I was five too. And that was the first time I had put language on that. Wow. So then I began to understand why I carried some of the emotional blockage and, and just carrying so much shame and just that constant torment on the inside. Sure. So you would consider the, the kind of volcanic eruption that you're breaking free kind of point, that breaking point yeah. where you recognized you you have to break free. And I'm sorry to hear, I honor you and thank you for sharing and having the courage to share of, of the assault that you experienced when you were a little girl. And you. you're welcome. It is a very 
difficult thing for many people to talk about. And I'm actually going to be on a summit here in mid-April with emerging women reclaiming our souls from sexual abuse. And so even though we're currently recording, I'm going to ask you as well as anybody who's listening, if you are wanting to to create a I stand with you video, you don't have to have been a survivor of assault, but especially if you are, if you would like to create a I stand with you video, please reach out to me at uh, susandesenzi.com and just contact me through the contact page because I think it's really important that more women like you and I and, and men as well share and are willing and have the courage and the bravery to talk about some of those experiences maybe not in detail, but just the object, like what it did for us, what it caused in us that stopped us from maybe breaking free from those pained parts of our life because we felt maybe unworthy or we didn't feel enough. You know, so I really honor you and I honor all of those, whether you honor and support or you've been someone who's experienced it yourself. And I just had to say that as an aside, because I think that's so critical, especially right now with COVID-19, we're all living in a place of kind of, you know, limbo in a way and fear and uncertainty. And if we have some of those experiences in our past or abuse of any kind, any kind of childhood or young adult or adult kind of traumatic things that are holding us back and stopping us, now is absolutely the time to break free from those limitations and work through it, which is exactly what you help to do with the people you work with, so that we can step up in this time of need globally and really help uplift the planetary consciousness and the potential and the possibilities for us all. Yes? That's good. I think opening up and talking is you without it, you're not going to be healed. Yeah, we have exactly. to somehow have uh, the thing that I experienced was I educated myself and I also felt like this was a download from God that he gave me understanding that I needed to confront the person that did it. Mm, now that takes mm-hmm. a whole lot of courage. Oh my God. Yes. But rather than going to the world and exposing that person to the world, go to them privately mm-hmm. and and don't put shame on them. Sure. But that doesn't mean that our voice is muscled and we can't talk about our own experiences. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where we can help perhaps them because my fear was if it happened to me, who else did it happen to through that person? Sure. Absolutely. And so that was a strong motivator for me to take that courage and to also raise an awareness within my own family that might have had people who've been, you know, in that sphere of influence that could have also been harmed or possibly even that day, you know, in that time. Sure. This is 20 years ago. So it, it has taken me a while before I could be healed enough to talk about this without, you know, having any. But I also knew that I knew that I was going to need to forgive. And so I spent a lot of time working on the forgiveness piece. Mm -hmm. And again, 
I got a book into my hands. I don't even remember how it came. I don't remember anything else in the book except this one little part. And this changed my life is I would say, because in that connection with God, I also fell in love with Jesus. Nobody told me I should. I just did. And I wrote him a love letter every night. Oh, (laughs) I love that. Yeah. I did. I was so, there was such a sweet, pure trust and love mm-hmm. that I wish I could have today. I've, I've kind of lost that, just that complete innocence of, I trust you. This is so beautiful. Kind of like when you get married to somebody at first, you think everything's going to be perfect. And then you re- realize that not that Jesus isn't perfect, but the world is. And then we get, we get this construed mindset that we blame it on somebody else. Right. It's all that head trash. It's, you know, look, there's layers. It's like an onion. I don't think any one of us ever are really, you know, healed in the sense that I know that with, with the, um, the perpetrators that I dealt with in my own life, I have completely and utterly forgiven them all. And at the same time, can I guarantee that there isn't some element of a small little piece of a layer that may come up five years from now, 10 years from now, the last assault in my life was 27 years ago. No one can guarantee that. I think we are such a a beautiful creature of love. We are, you know, these spiritual beings having human experiences. And that means that we're going to have these layers that pop up for us every now and then, these little pieces. And if we have the tools, though, that we can look at and utilize to help us address it and peel back that layer and offer love and healing to it. I I think that's the importance of a lot of us right now. And I don't mean with COVID-19, I mean, in this time and evolution of our lifetimes, right? Why we do the work that we do, you know? I mean, that's just, it's, you know, that's so beautiful what you said. And I think I want to jump back for a second. I think it's important for people to hear what Marion just said. She found something that was helpful for her in her healing journey. And that was to write a love letter to Jesus every night. Now, Jesus may not be your love. You may not feel or have religious beliefs of that kind. I think the important piece is you need to find something that's outside yourself, essentially, as we say, like in the substance abuse world, a higher power, something that makes you and helps you feel connected to your soul and to that infinite love. And if need be, then write a letter. That's so beautiful, Marian. I hope you tell your clients to do that regularly because it's really gorgeous. Write a letter every night, every morning, whatever works for you in order to just learn how to step back into that place of trust. So I had to add that in because that's just so beautiful what you said. Thank you. You're in this pain. You're in this healing process. You are deciding to move away from the culture. Two questions. Have you moved away at this point already? No. When you decided to move away then, What was that point where you knew that this was your calling to help other people break free in these ways like you had? I think that calling was in me from the beginning. 
I was a midwife. I knew how to coach women through intense, you know, times. Sure. So intensity doesn't scare me so much because I, it's, I don't know, it's something that I can do. And yet I must admit that I didn't do as well on the other side of the exodus of my new reality. On the other side of when I made that break, I kind of visualized everything was going to go grow better and better and better for me. Uh-huh. But because of some decisions that I made, it put me into some similar limiting, controlling environments. Oh. Because it was a little bit comfortable for me. It's a little bit normal for me. And it was so subtle. Sometimes it would have a nice face at first. You know, it, it would speak well and it would have a nice face, but then it was almost like this tail of like a scorpion tail just wrap itself around my back and sting me in my back. And I wasn't prepared for that. I just thought if, if I speak and I say who I am, I trust somebody else. They say who they are. That's how it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> These people are not in bondage. Like I came from. You know, I, I thought those people were, they didn't know more. And I understood that. I was like them. I didn't know more till Revelation came. When Revelation came, I couldn't be the same anymore. I just couldn't be that person anymore. It was like it bust me out of there like that volcano I talked about. Had, it had to be very abrupting because I was very closely connected, like family and nieces and nephews. I was single. I didn't have children or a husband. So that wasn't a limiting factor for me. And my journey was alone. Yeah. And I grieved that. I wished somebody could go with me. I wished I wouldn't have to do this alone. But I was. I was alone. Every decision that I made was one that I made because I felt that that was the next step for me. And that's how I continued to do on the other side till I started looking for somebody else to guide me rather than keeping my own internal guiding system with God as being my guider. So the next years were pretty painful for quite a few years. I, I still suffered a lot and it wow. was just hard for me to break free. And it's been in the last break free completely emotionally, perhaps, you know, I did physically, I did intellectually and because of some of the disappointments where I was looking for a family to replace what I left. And it just seemed like the way the universe has happened, whatever choices I made, I don't know. I didn't get a replacement of a happy, kind and loving inner circle. Yeah. And yeah. So I think there's always been that search, but I, then I look back and I think, well, if I had been comfortable back there, who would I be now? Or right, if I had been exactly. here, yeah. who would I be now? Yeah. You know, I, I don't think I would have wanted to become the person that probably would have stayed if I had been there. So trusting the process, even through these last painful 19 years, because it's 19 years since I made that exodus. And now in the last several years is really when I have started advancing into really working with people and coaching them and using my experiences and all that I've learned and through my studies. And I'm not, I don't have a, um, you know, I'm not a certified person, but I'm a real person. 
that's all that matters. You know, the certifications, the licensures, the this, that, the other, you know, I can honestly tell you, I have never once any coach I've ever paid any monies to, I have never once asked them what their certification or training is. And 23 years in the field of, of psychotherapy, I think I've only been asked twice in 23 years and thousands and thousands of people what my degree was or my licensure was. Like nobody cares. Do you have a solution to the problem that I'm having? Right. And I know that there's so many people that will identify and do identify with kind of, you know, whether they call it a cult or a culture or a religion that is limiting for them or whatever it might be, we've all been children and we've all were raised in family units and family dynamics that sometimes created lots of conditioning and, and, you know, talk inside of our head, beliefs, ideas, limiting kind of boundaries that were either placed upon us or we felt we needed to place upon ourselves. And we get caught in that, right? You know, and it's about breaking free and becoming who you are meant to be. So, as you were going through then all of these painful periods in these last few years, what was kind of that aha moment for you? Was there, a, was there I should ask, an aha moment where you recognized that these limitations and the ways that we all get trapped is something you really are needing to help focus on to help others? Yes, I got invited to a conference. And it was a speaking conference where they teach speakers to speak and it's called build your speaking biz. And I went not really looking for anything, not knowing what I was looking for exactly, but Hey, it was in Washington, DC. And I thought I've never been there. Hey, cool opportunity. Why not? Yeah. And something when I heard what was going on there is like something in me said, this is for me. I knew that I knew that this is, I didn't know what the fullness of it was going to be, but I knew that I knew that there was something here that I need needed to hear and needed to learn. And I bought into their speaking program and out of it has evolved everything that I'm doing now, other than helping my husband with his business. (laughs) So how do you, How do you help people that come to you? Like if there are people, especially now listening, you know, to this episode who say, wow, there's something about Marion that I just, I just want to reach out to her and I want to learn, you know, how maybe I can, you know, work with her. She can help me. How do you work with people now? Well, this is something anybody can do at home right now, but take 10 things that drain your energy that are in your life right now. Maybe it's when you think something. Maybe it's when you're around someone. Maybe it's when you go somewhere or when you wake up in the morning or go to bed at night. What is it? Name 10 things that just drain your energy. You Mm -hmm. you don't feel empowered. Then make a list of 10 things that do drain your energy and see what needs to go, what needs to be more of, what's keeping you from having more of that. Oh, you meant you wait, I'm I'm confused. You said that twice to write 10 things that drain your energy. You mean 10 things that drain your energy and 10 things that don't drain your energy? Correct. Oh, perfect. Okay, yes. I think that's really important because you know, awareness is the key. If we don't have the awareness 
of what these things are that drain us or we don't that that actually uplift and energize us how would we ever change anything right right and and that was something you said earlier where you think you know it was there all along but you really weren't paying attention to it or ha- had that deep level awareness until other experiences happened that kind of thrust it in your face yeah yeah so if somebody came to work with you now like what would be your kind of beginning process to work with them you know is it is it understanding what those limitations are they feel the limitations are is it based on the the things that you observe with them like how exactly because i'm always interested in you know sharing i think with my audience how somebody works with someone so that they understand i'm actually going to get these absolute tools every time i'm going to kind of break through these things what is really kind of your process in helping them break through the limitations that they feel that they're living under well because of everybody's unique nature there is no cookie cutter style Love so that. we have to we have to figure out what it what the problem is that is causing the pain and then what's the solution and the solution is typically one thing that we work towards. Mm-hmm. So if we can identify what the problem is that is causing the pain, and it could be in somebody's workplace that they have to deal with people, or you know, it could be a spouse, it could be a parent-child relationship, either married or not married, you know, either they're out of your home or you're still in your whatever it is that we find ourselves limited to right and it's an uncomfort it's a painful place for us maybe financially i'm not a financial advisor but if we can identify what is it the problem that is causing your pain and then what's that one thing if we could solve this one thing and that's how my own journey processed i was in this uncomfortable place and the one thing was i knew that i needed to make an exodus yeah. I knew that there was going to be a separation and there's a lot of things that had to happen in order for that separation to happen successfully. Right. We don't want people just to go wham, bam, destroy everything as they go. <laughs> no. <laughs> and that's, and that's, I think really an important key is that, you know, we can, I don't want to say complain. I'm big on language and the words that we use because they give off energy. Right. And so, I don't, I don't know if it's complained, but I think if we're vocalizing all these things that we see are, are wrong or a problem, the, the truth is there is a core piece underneath. And if we get to that core piece, then all the other stuff that is kind of stemming from that can be dissolved and can start to dissipate. As you talked about how some of the pain dissipated in this way, but other pain increased as you became more aware of some of your own situations and the bottom line core problem for you, which was the need to, to make an exodus. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. If there was one thing that you wanted the world to kind of know that helps people really overcome kind of their limitations and, and, and some of those issues that come up for them, what would that be? Well, I guess I would say taking responsibility that our life is our responsibility. Mm -hmm. And when we pay attention and become aware, like you just said, then the payoff is big. 
Yeah. You know, there's some pain to go through it, but the payoff is big and there's ups and downs in the journey. But if once you get kind of past that first limiting mindset, whatever that wall is for you, yeah. <laughs> when you get past that first limiting wall, then all of a sudden the world opens up to you in a way that is well worth the payoff. I mean, yeah. the payoff is well, well worth the journey. Right. Worth the pain, worth all of it, worth breaking yes. through all of that. So what brought you to the conclusion that, you know, pretty much everything you try doesn't work? And and for those of you at home, I'm asking this because prior to a guest coming on the show, there's a, a, a form that they fill out. And this was something that Marion had said in the form. And I just found that fascinating because I'm like, I want to know why she thinks pretty much everything you try doesn't work. I, I, I want to hear that. So that's why I'm asking that, which may sound a little out of left field, but it's actually not. Because if you think about it, all of the experiences that you had, Marianne, were your normal. And all the experiences I had were relatively my normal. And yet we both had experiences, as we all do, that are a little maybe out of that normal, but we may not give a lot of time and attention to it for a variety of reasons. And as we grow, we'll try different things and we listen to different people and we, and then we wonder why we still feel kind of trapped in this emotional bondage, as you talked about, or we feel trapped in some of this pain and, and everybody's searching for the how, how do I break through those pieces? Right? So I want to hear your philosophy on that statement and then what you believe does work. So if you've been a parent, you know that when your first baby is about to show up, you read all the books, you listen to what mama says, and then your baby still doesn't sleep all night, right? Right, yeah. And you did it, you did it all right. You did it according to the book. <laughs> and it's in a little bit like businesses. You start out in business, you get a, an advisor, you get all the experts and then you still have to fire some employees and and you still have to take some losses and go some through some ups and downs but you did it right you did it you did it everything you could yeah and so that's how life is we just not everything we do works out right yeah. but then it's just not to quit maybe you readjust maybe you do it a little differently but the only people that fail are the ones that don't ever try again, right? Yes. Failure is not bad, but it's not bad to fail, but the people that never try again, and we could go on and talk probably all day and all night for a couple of weeks of people who went through bankruptcies, Walt Disney and different people sure. before they got to their success. And there's smaller things like that. Perhaps you can do some things that the baby will sleep all night, but it doesn't all work all the time. Right. You have to keep going and keep you putting one foot. Yeah. Yeah. And I that's love that. What my journey was that I say, you know, up to my exit, what I call my exodus or my escape up to that time, it was what I knew. And it's like when I got on the other side of that, what was a supposed wall for me that I never dreamed I could cross or a boundary I could ever cross. That's when I had the whole world was mine. I could choose whatever I wanted to do do whatever I wanted to. And then I discovered pretty much everything I tried didn't work. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> 
<laughs> See, I love that. But and I am here talking today because I didn't quit, right? Exactly. <laughs> yes. So with that, would you say that would be your kind of final piece of advice to, to my audience today that if you had to give them a kind of a kick your butt, kick that boundary, that limitation kind of piece of advice, would that be it or would it be something else? Well, I think it would really work well into your butt because you may say, well, I can't, I, I tried that butt or <laughs> I would do that butt. And it's all because of that pretty much everything you tried didn't work. Well, welcome to the world. That's normal. Right. You're not abnormal to have that happen in your life. So you just kind of have to kick that butt. And yeah, absolutely. You're right on with that. We need to kick that butt. Kick that butt <laughs> and keep going. Don't give up is really the, the key. Well, if you all are interested in working with Marion or learning more about her and obtaining access to a free chapter on her website that you can learn. Tell me a little bit very quickly about the chapter that people would get if they go to your website. And I'll, I'll hand that out in a second. What, what is that chapter about? Well, the title is pretty much everything you try doesn't work. Oh, love you that. Might imagine. <laughs> I love so that. There's, there's some stories in there of things that didn't work okay. for different people. And even a few of my own childhood stories of things that didn't work. But then I also have encouraging processes and thoughts in there that, you know, it is worth it. It is worth it to, to kick the butt yeah, and to kick the butt to the curb. Yeah. It sounds like a very, very value-packed chapter. So listen up, folks. Why did I say folks? That's so weird. Sometimes I use weird language that I feel like I'm a throwback to the 19-whatevers. Anyway, so if you're interested, and I would highly recommend, as I do when I have guests on, look, I don't bring shoddy guests on. I bring expert guests. I bring people who are experts in their field. They know what they're talking about. They've been through this themselves, and they absolutely can help you in the ways that you need. And so I would highly recommend checking out Marion's website by going to www.everythingyoutry.com. Now, it's pretty self-explanatory. I'll repeat it, though. www.everythingyoutry dot com and sign up to get her free chapter so that you can learn the things that didn't work as well as the things that did and feel inspired and uplifted. All of this will be in the show notes. Make sure you check that out. Marion, it has been such an honor and a pleasure to have you here today. And I and I hope that you know you gain something out of our conversation and I I know my audience will and again, I highly recommend to you all that if Marion sounds like someone that you want to have help you break through some of the limitations and break through some of the things that haven't worked, absolutely reach out to her and get in touch because it's worth it. You're worth it. And especially with COVID-19 being a threat and a limitation right now for all of us, we're all being asked to step up and out in ways that maybe we've never been asked before. I would like to just add to that, that this may be our finest hour. 
Yes. And when I say our finest hour, I'm saying this is our opportunity to save the world. Others in the past have sacrificed and, you know, the, the pioneers that crossed uncovered wagons or they caught, crossed the ocean to America or expanding way back when in Europe and other countries, whatever the world expansions were, people had to overcome things and they sacrificed and they fought for these things that they believed for. And now it's our time for the world to stand together and kick the butt. Oh my God, I love that. Let's just sit in the silence of that for a moment, even though it's so exciting and I love what you just said. Let's just give it some intention and energy and love and thought right now. I mean, we really do have an opportunity to change the world. Thank you again, Marion, so much for coming on today. I love you all so much. I am so grateful that you're here each and every week. Remember to go to www.kickyourbutts.com to listen to the latest episode, to record me a message. You can hit the little, the little record button on the, on the website where you can offer feedback if you want to come live on the air at some point. If you want me to help coach you or do some therapeutic work with you on air, anything reach out. This is a time of connection and community. And like Marion said, to really step up so that we can change the world because we can. I love you all. Have an amazing, beautiful, infinitely possible week. Please stay safe. Be well. I'll see you next week. Ciao for now. You've been listening to Kick Your Butts, where sitting on your butts is no longer an option, figuratively and literally. To access the show notes and important links from today's episode, please visit kickyourbutts.com. While you're there, please share your Kick Your Butt story by clicking the Start Recording button. It might just be included in a future episode. Thanks for listening today. Now get out there and kick those butts to the curb.